Benvenuti and ciao ragazzi to another episode of the brand new podcast to come out of the Far From Vesuvius Network from N to I. My name is Henry Bell and I am absolutely delighted to be joined today by Kirsten Schluitz. Hello, how are you? Hello. Uh, it's very warm from Belgrade, Serbia and um, fading a little, but that's okay because I believe for this topic, you might be the actual expert on this one. Oh, expert is a strong word. I mean, if we wanted to talk about how young people respond to Shakespearean performance in, in the round, then I'm the that's expert. That's a different podcast, Doctor, oh, different sorry. podcast. Or the playwright Laura Wade or, you know, anti-discrimination uh, methods through performance. No, but I do, you know, when I'm not doing that stuff, I do basically spend my entire life watching Napoli matches. So those of you new to the show, this is uh, a new idea because Kirsten has written a book. What's the name of the book? More Than Maradona, The Life, Death and Re- Resurrection of Napoli Football Club. Exactly. So there's all this knowledge, like a like a jam donut full of jam, but instead of jam, it's Napoli history that is going to be bursting out of this podcast. So um, there we go. That's a metaphor for, <laughs> for the ages. Um, and so we're looking at key moments in the history of the club and uh, short blast, like 15, 20 minutes sort of thing. So uh, and we hope it's just a kind of way of inspiring people to to go back onto YouTube or to get lost on Wikipedia and really engage with the storied history of the club. But anyway, we're in the early stages, well, of the kind of footballing year. Uh, the curtain is about to be raised on Serie A. And we thought we'd look back on one of the most satisfying curtain raises in the history of SSC Napoli, which is the 1990 Supercoppa. Which team did we play that game against, Kirsten? The wonderfully storied club called Juventus. Indeed. And I'm just trying to remember what the scoreline was. What was it again? Uh, You know, I know we scored at at least, no, we had four goals by halftime, right? We had four. So so that makes it... Five one. Five one. We now, for want of a better word, kicked the shit out of you, Amy. Beat them five one at the beginning of the season, coming off a glorious um, Scudetto campaign the season before, where, for my money, Maradona played his 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 best football. Uh, a series of injuries and contract disputes limited his appearances early on in the season, and then he just grabs the club by the scruff of the neck, and. I think it was a 3-1, might have been a 3-0 win over Juve in the build-up to the end of the season in that 89-90 uh, season. I think Maradona's best performance for, for Napoli. So then the World Cup happens and things go a bit weird with Maradona saying that you know people in Naples should, should support Argentina. It doesn't go so well and things are a bit weird. And then I think this is the first kind of high-profile game since since the World Cup. And we've got Roberto Baggio's first performance for Juve. We've got Scalacci coming off the back of that wonderful World Cup. And we've got Maradona up front with Kreka, who we have talked about on this show already. So what would you like to know, Kirsten, about? I had a look back at this game recently. Um, You know, 5-1, Supercoppa, 
What do you want to know about this game? Well, this is one of the games that I didn't, I mean, obviously I included it in the book. It's a trophy. We won a trophy. We're not making spoilers there, but mm-hmm. I did not peruse through it step by step. So I want to hear your thoughts, particularly about how on earth, what, what were, what did UVA finish that season, the 89-90 season? I think it was seventh. So, okay, well, let's talk about how bad Juve were first. Well, we that's about... that's what I want to know. How could they be so bad that we're up 4-0 by the time the halftime whistle blows? Okay, cool. So there's like, there's a few things going on here. One, Luigi Maifredi, who's kind of seen as perhaps the worst manager that Juventus has ever had. So he replaced former Napoli and Juve star Dino Sof in, in 1990. And they lose the, the Supercoppa 5-1. I mean, how, how do you recover from that? And then they finished seventh. Um, I think they lost something like six games in a row. I mean, just Juve doesn't do stuff like that, right? But what were um, they the season before was my... I should have written that down. Sorry, fans. But, not doing so great on the... All the everything's jumbled, jumbled in my head. A hundred and something years of history, and I can't remember where Juventus finished. Eighty nine, ninety. They Did they take a tumble, is what I'm saying. I, clearly, they won the Copa, so they couldn't have off, been that. That week. off the top of my head, they won the Coppa Italia, but didn't have a particularly brilliant season in the league. And this is a Juventus team, so the the, the team that um, lines up is. Okay, so they've signed Baggio and they've got Scalacci, the, the star of the World Cup, the sort of surprise star. And they've got Casaraghi, who, you know, is not super established by then. They've got Thomas Hassler in midfield. They've got Julio Cesar, the Brazilian defender. And then in goal, Juve legend Stefano Tanocci, uh, sorry, uh, Taconi. Forgive my pronunciation. Now, if you want to know this, it's a very roundabout way of me saying it's not a particularly vintage side. They've got they've got new signings, but their legendary goalkeeper has one of the worst performances in goal. Like I used to play in goal because nobody else wanted to, and there was a period of time where I didn't know that I needed glasses, and you know, it was a disaster. I think I was better than the UV keeper in the Supercopa like every in my notes writing about this game so much of it is like what's the UV keeper doing what's the UV keeper doing what's the UV keeper doing he was just like a cat on a hot tip running off his line being caught out all the time just like bursting out of the box don't know what was going on with him to be honest and that and he is not a new keeper he is their storied keeper he is their captain he's mm-hmm. not someone they're just trying to integrate in the side or tosses toss in and be like eh we're Juventus we have enough trophies we don't care if we win this one he's he's an international even isn't he yeah yeah, yeah. I mean not a great international but he he was I'm sure he's caps yeah yeah he was better lucky to be like there was Zoff and there was Anger and you know yeah but, the, but um... I mean 254 games for Juventus he's not a newbie, he's respected and 
Yeah. You know? And if you if you watch the highlights, like in my head, I know this is stupid, but I was like, did did Peruzzi come through the youth rank at Juve and was he like 17? And he honestly, like, look at the YouTube highlights. I mean, any excuse to watch us trounce Juve 5-1 and you you will see it. So but the other thing is, if you've got that and you've got a sort of quite nervy defensive performance against Careca and Maradona, and so we've got, what, 87, 88, 88, 90. Sorry, you've got 87, 88, 88, 89, 89, 90. So it's fourth season of Maradona and Careca playing together. So, and they're, as we've talked about, one of the greatest strike partnerships of all time. And with from all the that start, yeah, from the start, they clicked. So you're going yeah. in there with an incredible pairing up top and so what did they do were they dismantling the entire Juventus side and getting them caught off guard or was it an entire team effort did they let some of the smaller players step up tell us so I think I mean people might have different thoughts on this but for me it's one of Kareka's best games for Napoli um and Maradona's not on uh the score sheet so you know, on paper, and there's quite a lot of games like this, actually, if you look at Maradona for that play and you think, well, he didn't score, he didn't assist, what did he do? But he's just supremely influential. But Kareka is absolutely honest. It's very early on, uh, you know, we've got, uh, I think it's the eighth minute, Kareka bursts through to the box and Julio Cesar hacks him down. It's the most obvious penalty, but the ball falls in front of, I think it's Salenci, and he puts ball ball away one up after after eight minutes. But it is that kind of moral panic that a really good striker can inspire in a defense. And that's what happens. And then and then you kind of just see Maradona start to really let rip. And it's the first time he's been able to express himself since the World Cup. And there's this amazing sort of like chip from outside the area that nearly goes in. Um but in terms of what you're saying about the smaller players, the second goal is a beautiful, like, flowing move. I've said, is this Sari ball? You know, it's there's, I think, five or six different players involved in the build-up. Um, Salenci puts in a... Re- he had a really good game, actually, so he scores two goals. He puts in a great ball, and Kareka finishes it. Um, yeah, but then you get the bonus. Okay, so, so it's hard, isn't it, to like Juventus? Well... <laughs> I think that's putting it mildly, especially. I mean, for for any team that's not a Juventus, for anyone who's not a Juventus supporter, it's hard to like Juventus. But Napoli are really well at not liking Juventus. So if yeah, exactly. So if I have to watch Juventus score a goal against Napoli, it it was a goal. It would be a goal scored by Roberto Baggio. So this is probably was it like Baggio the, who scored yeah. the goal. Oh. Yeah. Then it's okay. We'll let him. We let him have the goal, right? Honestly, everyone, this is the perfect game for for an Napoli fan. Honestly, like it's, it's, it's five. It's like five one, um, you know, full time four one at half time. And the goal that you went to score is a beautiful. What about a bad your free kick? And if we're going to concede, then then it's going to be like that. Um, yeah, but then we just come straight back at them. And I've written for the goal, Kripa or Maradona, because Kripa sort of cuts in from the left, beats a player and puts the ball away. It's like really, and you know, we think about Kripa as a kind of utility player. He sort of could play in midfield, could play on the flanks, could play wing back as well. So 
and that's just like great but the Juventus keeper uh what's his name again god uh Taconi is so bad for that third goal um but the worst keeping display is the fourth just for half time he's just come bursting out of his box for no reason really he's got defensive cover and it's Kareka mate like Kareka's like this is like breakfast for him and he just you know obviously gets there first and puts the ball in the back of the net and it's 4-1 and it's just just terrible half time you know my Freddy makes some substitution doesn't really work um and the fifth goal is another goalkeeping area he comes bursting through and uh I think it's Kareka that ships in I think I've given Kareka one more goal than he actually scored but in the in the second half he he scores two and yeah. he scores the second the yeah and only it, goal in the second half so and again it's a really right. clever chip over a over excited keeper but the highlight well, there's two highlights of the second half, which are not to do with what's on the pitch. One is um, the Darth Vader of Italian football, Mr. Moggi, who back then was the director of football for Napoli, absolutely pissing himself with laughter about Juventus's terrible performance. It's great. I screen grabbed it and sent it to my Juventus friend, uh, Mr. Emmett Gates, who's the editor of the, the journal, Gentleman Ultra. Um, so, yes. It's a great thing. And the other great thing is that you see um, a shot of a very youthful looking uh, Tommy, our kit man Tommy, with a with a little moustache. And he's getting involved in the celebrations for, for Kareka's fifth. So, yeah, I mean, that all sounds like quite a lot of monologue, but it was a combination, I think, of some really good play from Crippen and Salenci sort of stepping up from their sort of utility roles into doing some really excellent work out wide. You've got Maradona who's just up for creating chaos, which he did, and Kareka being particularly lethal versus this appalling defensive display, terrible goalkeeping, and a manager that is out of his depth and sort of going down in history is like one of the worst managers, one of the most managerial stints in, in the history of sort of the league in terms of the big clubs. So, like, don't take my word for it. Just go and enjoy and revel and bask in the glory of a 5-1 season opener. Um, And when do we as Napoli fans, or even if you're listening in as a non-Juventus fan, not not want to enjoy such lighthearted, wonderful, kind of a floaty feeling? I mean... (laughs) We're into the season now. If your team's lost and you're not a Juventus fan, go watch that game. It'll lift you right up. Yeah, I mean, people say that you should be bitter and enjoy other people's, you know, shortcomings or failures. And I I broadly agree with that. But when it comes to Juventus, absolutely not. Oh, come on. Uh, Italy has an entire word for it, for rooting against. And everyone who is not a Juventus fan roots against Juventus. So we must be able to embrace that and honestly if you don't agree this probably isn't the right podcast for you no but thank you very much for listening those of you that are enjoying this and just... <laughs> we haven't lost at this point <laughs> so let's just say once more napoli five juventus one so that's how we're going to put a pen in this and you know we're not going to mention that that was probably the last decent match that maradona played for napoli and everything went pin. that was 
pin, Doctor Pin. We're putting. And a that pin was in. kind of that was kind of the last glorious moment. And so, so one last shout out is that you've got who have you got on the pitch? You've got um, Chilo Ferrara, who won the complete set of winners' medals um, during the Maradona era, and you've got uh, is, was De Napoli there for the first Scudetto? I think he was. I believe yes. so. So he's got the complete set as well. Maradona's got the complete set. By complete set, I mean two Scudetti, two runners-up for Scudetti, Coppa Italia, Supercoppa and UEFA. And I think Francini, the left-back, I think he wasn't there for Scudetto. What? No, he wasn't. So you've got uh, Ferrara, Di Napoli and Maradona who get the full set. And um, to be fair, Caracca barely messes out on it yeah he just hasn't got the copper and the skeleton yet from that first yeah season of, of silverware glory anyway that's been our short blast from wait wait the wait past. can we say 5-1 again 5-1 absolutely 5-1 um so yeah that's the the short blast from the napoli past that is from n to i and uh Kirsten, how, where, how, and where can we find you on 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 Twitter? You can find me at at KD Schlewitz. It might be easiest to go to our network, Far from Vesuvius, and click on my name there rather than try to spell it out. Indeed, unless you fancy, you know, having a go. Um, and I'm at Henry Bell Calcio, as uh, we've just heard, as part of the Far from Vesuvius network. Thank you so much for listening please go and find the highlights it, you will thank me afterwards and what's up napoli sempre